Welcome to the Wildflower Bee Farm Podcast. I'm Hank Sveck. This podcast is about helping you uh, learn and understand the different trials and tribulations of converting a 50-acre farm back to nature and a honeybee sanctuary, and how we struggle to continue to be servant beekeepers. Here's this week's episode. Welcome to this week's podcast. Now, this is a topic that probably makes you wonder why I'm bringing it up because it's well outside the box, but certainly is, is in reference to honeybee health and also human health. So if we take a step back for a minute, you know that in that paper I wrote about diathesis stress, I took a mental health model and a model for humans and biological and applied it to honeybee hive loss, which seemed to make sense, or at least throw it out there for discussion. Now, I should just as an update, um, many people have uh, reviewed it, and I think there's like 130 people or so have read it. Um, the treatment-free beekeepers in Ireland posted it, but the other treatment-free beekeeping site on Facebook isn't quite sure yet. So, you know, when you when you take ideas from different disciplines and, and look at them to help look at solving other problems, many people who are vested and who can't um, learn and can't see outside the box uh, and are also full of ego, dismiss um, ideas, even even if the idea of putting them out there is to get criticism, which is perfectly fine. Anyway, when I came across this one, I was I was quite quite surprised. And this one really has to do with gut microbes. Now, in the human literature, if you look at gut microbes, or if we even take a step back from that, we look at the stomach or the intestines, and we look at how the role they play in our neurological functioning, um, it is quite apparent. It's called the second brain now. So we have a brain that's in our scalp, you know, in our skull, and we have a second brain that's actually in our gut. We'll just call it our gut. And the science is clear on this, and to the point where they're discussing what happens and how the brain, uh, number one, which we'll call uh, between our ears, um, offloads certain things to our gut brain because it's more efficient. So when we as humans get a gut feeling or a gut instinct after years of doing something, um, let's say you're an expert at one area with your honeybees. You've been doing bees for more than 10 years and you know you walk up to a hive and you suddenly get a sense that something's wrong. You really can't put your finger on it. Uh, that's coming from your gut. Now, the question is, does your brain listen? And often we discount that. We go, oh, that can't be true because we can't put it in operational terms. So we discount it. But clearly there is a link between our gut and our behavior and our brain. And also now we know our gut microbes and our health. So today I'm going to talk about this study I stumbled upon, just totally bumbled and stumbled upon when, when doing reading on ResearchGate where we initially put out our article on diathesis stress. Now here we go. Here's the, here's the title. The Fecal Microbiota from Children with Autism Impact Gut Metabolism and Learning and Memory Abilities of Honeybees. Now, before I gross you out a little bit, we're going to talk about poop here for a minute. And in humans, there have been what are called fecal implants or transplants to help people fight 
C. difficile, which is a horrible disease, a horrible infection, which if you take a healthy person's microbiota and, and transplant those into a human, uh, you can help cure that infection. They do it in hospitals all over the world. There have also been some interesting side effects in that the microbiota that are used by the body to fight these infections also change certain things like the, um, the weight of the person. There's some studies done on that. So the microbiota has a great deal to do with a lot of things. And there's even more and more research on this every day on how it affects or is impacted by our health. Now, the microbiota are created by the foods we, we bring in, plus the bacteria and the genetics, and there's a whole interaction effect. But the point of all that is food has an incredible impact on the development of certain uh, probiotic microbiota and all the things we talk about when it comes to gut health in humans. Now, these genius researchers, and I'll just give you the... Um, Dr. Lee, and there was a whole host of others, and this was published in Frontiers in Microbiology, open access, so we can get all 19 pages. It's quite complex, but what I'm going to tell you what their outcome was, that when they took the microbiomes through fecal uh, transplant and put those into honeybees, the honeybees had a drastic reduction in cognitive ability and learning and memory abilities after that um, transplantation. Now, let's just assume for a moment that that's valid, reliable, and did happen, and would happen again in replication studies, meaning if you did it over and over again, you get the same result. If we take a step back and we say, well, first of all, we have to appreciate that this is a cross-disciplinary type of research, so you have to be open to at least learn from this. The second question, what does it teach us? What could be the possible implications to microbiota, honeybees, learning, and now we talk survival? Well, we know that exposure to pesticides uh, changes uh, cognitive functioning in honeybees. We also know that food that they eat, the variety of foods, the diversity of foods, help them with uh, fighting disease, just as with humans. If we have a diverse plant-based human diet in ourselves, we are more likely to be healthy with regard to diabetes and so many other illnesses that are now believed to be contributed to by the microbiota. So the diathesis stress model that I discussed certainly makes some sense here and helps us understand that this is likely a very strong factor in honeybee survival. What is the health of the microbiomes in a honeybee gut because we know it has an impact. Now, that's on the bee level. So if we, if we look at honeybees, you have to say to yourself, there's something going on with these honeybees. Now, you, on the next level, I've talked about this briefly, is when the caregiving bees carry out the uh, poop from the queen and the drones, uh, is some of, that, uh, of the microbiomes, are they transferred to the workers that way? Is that a way to develop consistent sort of microbiomes in honeybees? And then the question comes up in my mind, if people did transplants of fecal microbiota from queens that were resistant to varroa and other diseases or honeybees that were, would that 
immediately result in resistance in the host where those um, and obviously you would do drones or queens if you're doing this research to get the most bang for your buck because you'd have to do you know 40,000 transplants to get a hive but if you did a queen or a drone you you may have more of an impact I have no idea but I think somehow it is trans I, I wonder if it's transferred um, by the movement and the carrying out of this which then is exposing the honeybees to that microbiota uh, because all bees nurse bees engage in this behavior at some point in their lifetime so all bees pretty much would have exposure to the microbiome of the queen and or the drones and or some of the other bees so just a fascinating study. Now, if you're into this deep kind of stuff, you know, pick up the article, The Fecal Microbiota from Children with Autism Impact Gut Metabolism and Learning and Memory Abilities of Honeybees. It's free, it's public asset access, and have a look. But on top of that, I want you to think for a little bit and say, okay, what does this tell us about honeybee health, uh, the gut microbes, microbes? Um, the microbiota in the in the stomach and the intestines of the bees. What does that tell us about their health and the impact of food? The kind of food and what they're consuming. What does that do to their learning, cognition, and overall health? So clearly the transplantation of this microbiota to the bees caused them to have cognitive difficulties. Now if we move over to the human side, um, what is it, and we look at the diathesis stress model again, what could be contributing to the creation of this microbiota in children with autism? This type of microbiota that has a negative impact on cognitive functioning. So first, you have to accept that we have a second brain in the gut. Then you have to accept that uh, the microbiomes are impacted or can impact that learning because then it's sent up to the brain, obviously, because the kinds of behaviors we're talking about with honeybees are between the skull types of behavior. Now, I know that's all can all be very confusing and weird, but the point of all that is I'm just putting it out there to say it's science, it's true, and it should open up another variable when we think about uh, the diathesis stress model or the ability of bees to survive in the environments we place them. I'm Hank for the Wildflower Bee Farm. You have an amazing day and look forward to talking to you again next time. To learn more about our project, make sure you go to wildflowerbeefarm.com. There you can find further information on the latest research articles we've put out, find out where you can pick up some t-shirts, and all the other interesting things we're doing on the farm. That's wildflowerbeefarm.com.